hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are three Sundays away from the beginning of Lent. And uh, we will uh, be sharing more about what we'll be doing for uh, Ash Wednesday and for uh, the following studies of Lent. As April mentioned, we uh, have a, a, a all-church study called Listen to Him that we want to invite you to do. We've gotten books for uh, every family in the church, and we'll have bags that we'll pass out and uh, other ways for us to, to celebrate or, or to remember the, this holy time together. But, but for the three weeks beforehand, we are going to visit the shortest letter written by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. And that letter is Philemon. Philemon clocks in at a whopping 25 verses. And uh, Richard was joking with me this morning before a service, said, are we just going to read it every Sunday? He said, no, we're not going to read all 25 verses each Sunday. But I do, I do challenge you, uh, if you're looking for something uh, to help grow your, your faith over the next three weeks, I invite you to take a look at those 25 verses and, and take the opportunity to read those uh, as kind of a devotion, a kind of a way to allow those words to, uh, to help guide you over the next three weeks. Uh, it, it's significant that this letter is significant, significant because it's one of the, it's the only personal letter that was written by Paul to someone. Now, it was shared in the uh, church of, of Colossae, too, because that's where, where Philemon was from, but, but this was a letter directly specific to Philemon about a certain problem that was happening between him and another person by the name of Onesimus. Now, the series came from a, a conversation that I had with uh, Pastor uh, James Gilbert over at Meeks Chapel and over at Fame, Fate Missionary uh, AME Church. We uh, were talking about doing a, a joint series, and, and I'm hoping that that still will, will happen, maybe not next Sunday as we uh, originally talked about, but maybe the last Sunday of the series where, where uh, Pastor Gilbert will be here preaching uh, worship for us here, and then in that afternoon I will go over to uh, Meek's Chapel and preach for uh, his congregation. I know that they're meeting still all virtually, so uh, I did that once before, and it was a blessing to be over there with him, and I know that he will bless us as he comes and, and shares his word about this book. But it, it, it's a reminder of us about how we as followers of Jesus Christ are to think about the relationships we have with one another. The title of the series is called Brother's Keeper. And that may be a familiar title to you because it, it brings back or harkens back words all the way back in Genesis chapter 
4. In Genesis chapter 4, this is after the fall where Adam and Eve partook of the, the apple and, and, and human nature had fallen. And then they had two sons by the name of Cain and Abel. And a big dispute happened between Cain and Abel because God loved or God honored Abel's sacrifice but did not honor Cain. And that made Cain so jealous that we have the account of the first murder in Scripture that Cain killed his brother Abel. And then the Lord starts to, to come around and we hear in Genesis chapter 4 verses 9 and 11 these words. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed because of the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So even all the way back at the beginning of our scriptures, we have this, this, this argument or, or, or this struggle to figure out exactly how we are to respond to those around us. Cain, he did the unthinkable, and he, and he murdered his brother. And still today, we have ways that we see unrest between one another. So my hope and my prayer is as we take a look at this book of the Bible that we can see how we are to live out our relationships with one another and continue to proclaim that Jesus is our Lord. I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Oh God, we ask that you just open up your word to us this morning. Allow the opportunity to hear these words from a very, very tiny book, but one that has a very powerful message for us to hear. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So, just a, a little backstory about this letter, Philemon. It, it was written by Paul when, when he was in prison in Rome. And, and it was reaching out to a, a wealthy church uh, founder or, or church follower by the name of Philemon. Now, we know that, that Philemon and Paul had a, a very significant relationship with one another, and you can tell that when, when, you, when you look at the story, when you, when you look at this letter, there, there are a lot more familiarity language between Paul and Philemon. So, so Phi, Paul isn't reaching out to Philemon as an apostle like we see in the other letters that are in the Old Testament. He's reaching out to Philemon as a friend. And he's reaching out to Philemon because of a, a relationship that, that Paul has recently struck up with somebody that was from Colossae. Now, this person that came from Colossae, his name, as I mentioned earlier, was Onimesis. And, and he was a former slave of Philemon. 
Onesimus, he ran away from, from Philemon, and he found his way to where Paul was. Now, here's the kicker about all of this. We're talking about a 1,300-mile separation between Colossae and Rome. I have a, a picture of the map here of the difference. Uh, this is a Google map that, it, that if you were to drive from Colossae to, to Rome, Italy, it would take you about 30 hours to get there. Now, if you think about a, a runaway slave way back at this time, he didn't have a car so can you just imagine the time that it took for him to get all the way from Colossae to Rome? To, to look at the United States, the difference between Colossae and Rome, that 30-hour that trip would be like us taking off from Dallas and going all the way to Seattle, Washington. Now, in order for this to happen, scholars believe that Onemesis didn't just run away but he also took a lot of money from Philemon to make this trip happen. So, so not only was Onemesis a, a runaway slave, he was a thief that took from his master. But, but something happened when he reached Rome. And, and when he started to, to start this, this relationship with Paul, Onemesis became a Christian, and, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ, and he helped serve Paul, and he helped to do things to help Paul's life be just a little bit more comfortable while he was in prison in Rome. So you can imagine that as Paul writes a letter to Philemon asking him to accept Onemesis as a brother, it can be shocking. And I can't even imagine just receiving a letter, but having that former slave actually hand you the letter, which we know that Onemesis did, how would Philemon then react to this person that was now in front of him? So we're going to hear from that letter as we start from the book of Philemon, starting from verse 4. Through 10, I invite you to follow along as we hear these words. Paul writes to Philemon, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. But I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Paul is taking 
this opportunity to to ask a a a, a huge ask in this time because having a a slave way back then what was a a sign of of wealth but it was also a way that that life moved on for the people of Colossae and if if Philemon were to allow Onesimus to to get away with what he did then Philemon would become a laughingstock for those that were around Colossae. And Paul knew this. And Paul knew this, so he didn't want to to come out and basically tell Philemon what to do, but he took a look at, at three separate things to remind him of the right thing to do. First, Paul reminded Philemon about his love for all of his holy people. You you can imagine being the leader of a church and and having the responsibility to to dole out ministry and to dole out all of the things that was happening at this young church. It was more than just gathering around and and, and hearing letters that that Paul has written to them and and, and talking about the work of Jesus Christ, but it, it was very important that Philemon loved those that were in the community of Colossae. Now, the, the, the church in Colossae was probably a very, very small church, a lot smaller than, than our congregation. But they knew that they were there to, to reach out and do things for those in their community. The, the, the word love here is the word agape, which means charity. It, it means making sure that, that, uh, that people are being taken care of. And, and Paul knew that this was something that was deep inside of Philemon. And by talking about and reaching out about his love, it reminded him of how we are to take care of those around us. Just put yourself in Philemon's shoes for a moment. He was a leader in the church. And when Paul writes him, he had a deep love for his flock. And this love was something that Paul knew and he experienced when he was in Colossae, but he knew and felt 1,300 miles away while he was in prison. And on a basis of that love, he is asking for a lot more than just forgiveness. He's asking for a lot more than restoration. He is asking Paul to take a look at Onesimus as an equal partner in the gospel. Or as Jesus would say, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Those that we think may not deserve to experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ, those those are the ones that, that Christ lifts up. Those are the ones that we are called to, to, to lift up and, and be in full relationship with them. The second thing that Paul reminds him is that we don't do these things because it makes us feel better. Sometimes the things that we do might bring us just a little more pain than we really want to deal with. But what Paul is talking to Philemon about, it's, it's looking at what Christ has done. 
He says over and over again that we do this for the sake of Jesus Christ. We, we, we honor people and, and we, we extend to them equal partnership because of the work that Christ has already done in our lives. And if Christ has extended that for us, we should fully extend that to others. And finally, here, here's the kicker. Paul doesn't want to command Philemon to, to fully wipe the slate clean with Onesimus, but he says to do this on the basis of love. And what I think that Paul is actually saying is that this is a voluntary thing. You don't have to do this, but you know what is right. You know what is true. The, 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 this person who was lost, who is now found, this person who, who has wronged you, who may have, maybe has stolen from you, he should now be restored as an equal. But I'm not going to make you do this because I'm just an old man over here in prison. But I'm in prison for Christ. And Christ compels me to ask you to fully make restoration with Onesimus. So my friends, my question for you is to think about relationships that you have right now. Think about those people who you may look at or you may think about that you want absolutely nothing to do with. I will admit that there are people in my life that I have those moments with. It reminds me of a quote that I saw a few months ago in the middle of this, uh, this pandemic that I photocopied and I, and I took it into the staff meeting just to, for a moment of laugh. It says this, stop trying to be liked by everybody. You don't even like everybody. And we laughed about that for a moment. And we, we talked about what it is to, to kind of move on and, and just, just brush those people aside. But see, well, the problem with the quote is that it's dismissive. The problem with this quote, it shows us that this is not what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. The problem with this quote is that it, it, it still places you on, on this high pedestal while, while people are down around you and you were looking down on them. Kind of looks, sounds a little bit of what Philemon had to deal with, doesn't it? Philemon could have easily said, okay, well, I'll forgive him, but, you know, off he goes. He's back into the fields or, or, or doing all those things that, that I want my servants to do. But Philemon was asked to think about his life in different way to think about how he could not just restore but but look at omnisimus as an equal in the faith an equal in the power of the gospel finally there's some words of jesus that as i was reading through philemon that that kept coming into my head and this was when Jesus was uh, talking with his disciples and, and they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest 
among them. Who, who was going to sit at the right and at the left of Jesus? And with all the love and compassion that, that Jesus had, he shared with these, them these words from Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25. He told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, when Paul was writing to Philemon, he didn't say these words exactly, but he reminded them that it was because of the call of the gospel we look at our brothers and sisters as equal. We look at all of them and all of us as people who are in the need of God's love and grace. And my hope and my prayer is that as we move through these next couple of weeks and as we dig into this letter from Philemon, we see that we are all just centers in need of grace. And we are following our God and our Lord and inviting those to be equal with us as followers of Christ. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for your love. And sometimes we don't want to share that love because, well, we're hurt. We've been wounded. We've been wronged. But Lord, as Paul tells Philemon, and as Paul tells us, the partnership in the faith of Jesus Christ is effective in deepening our understanding. But it's all for the sake of Christ. And allow our love to be a way that people can see you through us. So we pray this. In the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.